0: The following is a paid presentation. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the staff and management of Shiawassee Radio.
1: All right, we are live. I am Bill Amadeo from McManus and Amadeo and Gravel and Associates and the Shiawassee Six. We're here doing a live on um, a couple of interesting topics tonight. Number one, we're going to talk about politics. Um, We're gonna talk about the political spectrum, what happens in the political spectrum. Lucky enough for me, I've been courted by both Republicans and Democrats, so I can speak about the bullshit on the left and the right of the political half circle. We'll share some stories. Then my time behind the bar, why do people send stuff back to a restaurant? I mean, are you out of your mind? Let me... Let's stop for a minute. Okay, okay, but... You order a steak somewhere. And the steak's not great. You just run with it, right? You, you run with it, okay? You don't send that back to the kitchen. You don't have when that thing gets back to the kitchen? Oh, man. I'm very happy to say my bartending career was before my legal career. And as such, I have some stories to tell. This
2: is your cell. This is your bunk. This is The Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio. Live from the Cofield Oil and Propane Studios. Here's attorney Bill Amadeo.
1: Let's start it up. I gotta tell you, When you are a young white kid from the ghetto there are so many interesting political opportunities that come your way you are like the republican party's wet dream when you make it because they're like oh wow he came from nothing and he believes in this or maybe i just want to pay less in taxes you're the democrats dream because they think you understand struggle I mean, we get to the point when it's all bullshit on both sides, right? So I'm going to tell you some tales tonight of some different experiences I've had in pot with politics. In Lansing, for one. Let's start with Camille Andrews. Rob Andrews was a congressman from New Jersey, Democrat. And I helped Rob Andrews get a ton of votes and his wife was the Dean at Rutgers Law School back in the day. So as payback for me helping Rob get votes in the inner city, she was going to take a chance on me going to Rutgers. Now understand something about Rutgers Law. This was not a scholarship. I was gonna pay my full freight. I just want a chance to compete at Rutgers. I was promised everything under the sun. Once Rob Andrews won, then the seat was not available. I mean, is that believe really, that shit, it's, it's amazing with politics. It's like when somebody is running, they will tell you anything. My aunt used to have this saying, vote for me, I'll kiss your ass. And after I'm in, you could kiss mine. And that was good stuff. And perhaps nothing was more prevalent about that than Governor Jim McGreevy. Jim McGreevy was the governor of New Jersey and he needed huge union votes, right? So McGreevy talks to me. I had a lot of Vietnamese and Hispanic following of young people. I would get to vote and register them to vote. Help McGreevy out. McGreevy gets me on Rutgers waiting list for this. Then McGreevy comes out that he was a gay American. And he resigned from office within 24 hours of resigning. I got my dismissal letter from Rutgers. But I think the best is Lansing politics. So here's what happened. So we understand each other. I'm tutoring full time. And I'm really out of my mind with this whole thing. I'm tutoring and I'm supporting Aunt Mare. I get this idea to run for Lansing Politics. What really happened, the true story there is, I was really bored, there was nothing good on TV, and I started watching House of Cards. And Kevin Spacey was the man. Frank Underwood. I said, wow, I'd really like to get involved in politics. At my office in Lansing was somebody named Jake Davison who was a political advisor. Now, I hired Jake Davison. I guess the first hint why this was not a good idea is when Jake was getting evicted from the office for failure to pay rent. And Jake had, like, his father and a few other people moved this old, ratty desk out because he had to hang on to the desk. Um, Jake, I know he's involved with some political bullshit in Lansing. He literally took money from me, didn't do work, he would show up to meetings drunk. And as it turns out, many people in Lansing politics didn't like him. He actually cost me votes. This is my campaign match. I was paying him $1,500 a month. And he goes, if you give me another $1,500, I'll get working on your website. So he shows me the homepage for the website. Now, me not knowing anything at this point, like, holy shit! It says Amadeo for city council! Here's your $1,500! Please keep going on it. He's sending, like, text messages, right? We really want to get moving on this. So we need our $1,500 to get the infrastructure to get <laughs> <laughs> Well, I need the infrastructure. <laughs> made sense, right? I'll give a discount under $1,500. He comes in. And he shows me the homepage of the unactive website again. I-, I can't stand Jake Davison. And one time he charged me. Because he was at a breakfast meeting With a bunch of Lansing people And Verge Bonero was there You know Verge, right? <laughs> Former mayor, he's had some issues But he goes, because Verge Bonero is here And I introduced you You gotta add hours to my bill It made sense at the time It was like That person who owes you money They like owe you five grand But they ask you for another grand it's like, well, shit, I only get the five, I let to give the others. Without realizing, the guy just stiffed you for five. Dude, it's over. It's like a bad relationship. It was like somebody trying to hang on to an unattractive person because they make you feel lousy about yourself. I don't want to go it alone. <laughs> uh I cannot say enough bad things about Jake Davison. He screwed me so bad as my campaign manager. And, uh, I realize, I've always said that I'm way too conservative for Washington County and way too liberal for Shiawassee, so I kind of fit in everywhere. Lansing politics, man. But, we move up, right? And we know some of my stories about Donald Trump. The Trumpster, President Trump. Let me just say this. I knew Trump personally, and I got to meet Hillary Clinton personally. Let me tell you about the 2016 election, because let me just... I know books and documentaries and all this stuff have been written. Let me make this real easy for you. When you meet Trump, he finds out things about you. He makes you feel important. He sells you on you. When you meet Hillary Clinton she tries to sell you on her so I don't care where you stand in the political spectrum I'm just telling you Donald Trump is a far better salesperson than Hillary Clinton the end of the day isn't politics all sales if you want to win right and I mean I see people kill themselves over hundreds of dollars not big money I mean Jesus Christ I can tell you I have been recruited by the right-wingers, recruited by the left-wingers, and I swear to you guys, we desperately need a third party in this country. I don't vote party line. I vote for the candidate. I vote for the platform. Um, I think if you vote Democrat 100% of the time, or if you vote Republican 100% of the time, you've lost your own train of thought. I just don't understand it. Um, but it is what it is. Let's move on to some kitchen stories. So during what we've learned about politics is that why I don't often or ever since Lansley run for politics. I often give money to candidates. And when you give money to candidates, you go to a lot of functions. And at these functions, there's a lot of drinking. But with lawyers, not a lot of tipping, it would appear. I don't understand people being bad tips. But how many functions have we been to with lawyers? When I'm giving like extra money to waiters, hey, sorry about them, don't judge them. The wow, well, God. Okay, first of all, tipping is extremely important. I gotta tell you. I made my money bartending before law school helped support my family. And I believe tipping is an essential part of society. And lawyers are not great tippers as a general rule, but here's what we've learned. It's fascinating when you worked in the bar and then attended the bar. because you see both sides of it? I've always said I've learned more behind the bar than ever did study for the bar trust me on this one let's talk about pissing off waiters if you go out to eat and your food is not good here's what you gotta do you gotta suck it up buttercup as danielle cateray would say just eat the food or don't eat and still tip good and go eat somewhere else but don't send that food back of course in the restaurant world there's this chain right this hierarchy let's explain it shall we the boss people they bring your water out they're setting your plate and they're like on the low end of the totem pole these poor guys they're hopefully getting tipped by the waitress or waiter but they're really getting screwed over they make less they do the shit work yeah they throw the garbage out they clear the dishes the waiter or the waitress it's all set up for them and they're bringing the food out, and they are the bell of the balls. They are the princes and princesses of the food industry. But they have to answer to supervisors. Now, from my history, many of the supervisors were like guys in their mid-30s with a 10-year-old BMW, trying to get with a good-looking 19-year-old waitress. Guys that couldn't make it in the real world, but they have a little bit of control in the food industry. And the waiter, the waitress, usually the waitress is hooking up with the restaurant manager who makes her schedule. Then she orders the busboy around a little bit, but she really wants to be hooking up with the line cook. So the line cook gets pissed off when she brings the food back. Because the idiot lawyer doesn't like the steak being cut. So the line cook who she's trying to get with is annoyed. The waiter, or waitress I should say in this situation, wants to get her tip from the customer. So she's kissing the customer's ass. She's not treating the busboy well. And the restaurant manager is trying to prey on all these insecurities in order to try and get success in the social run. You got all these things going, right? You got the cooks that are frustrated. You got the managers who are pissed off they failed in life. You got the busboys just trying to move on. You got the waitress who realizes this is not the career she wanted. And they're all dealing with the asshole lawyer who doesn't like their steak. Bro! Just eat the steak. Don't send shit back. Because let me tell you what happens. When that waitress is having a bad night. And you send that food back. There are some horrible things that happen to that food. I have seen food that has been spit on. I've seen urination in food. I've seen other types of bodily functions in food. I mean, common sense do you really want to piss off somebody that's handling? edible things you're going to ingest? horrible idea and if you just thought about the hierarchy for a minute holy shit she's not happy she's hooking up with the um, manager she wants to be with the line cook but she thinks the line cook's not as good as the manager the busboy is just striving to get to her position and here you are in your three-piece suit bitching at the stakes too tough bro! come on! am I wrong? Jesus Christ we knew this one lawyer he would have to scam for eating for free it was messed up he would order two things right eating extra he would order two appetizers or two mains right Yeah. I'll give you the steak and the tuna he would take like six bites of the tuna and say it wasn't good and send it back. So in essence, he ate like half a meal of tuna for free. Okay, this is the type of shit that gets you beat up in a restaurant, people. And when I say beat up, I'm talking like Nino Shibeta beat up where they put glass in your food you don't realize it. Oh my god. And you remember now, I was bartending before the internet was big on the phone. So you're like desperate for conversation, right? I want you to think about this. I'm not in law school. I'm... I have a phone, which we would not text much back then, because we have to see it, it, like, the one button three times. You just make conversations. And I gotta tell you, when we had to talk more, holy shit! And what we talk about is the bartenders, the bartenders had a different perspective than the waiters. What we did as bartenders was we made the drinks... We got a cut of the money or whatever but when a waiter was mistreated by a customer and had to deal with shit from the cook they took it out on the bus boys and the bartenders the bartenders in the service bars versus the front bars for night and day because in the front bar you're communicating with other people in the service bar you're communicating with your co-workers i gotta tell you after a while, you just want to, you can't stand your co-workers anymore. You're all pissed off at your station in life. At least with the customers, it was fresh meat. I don't know about that, Samuel, but I heard that he graduated from Harvard. Let's talk about that. As opposed to the waiter who's telling you again about his divorce. She wants to take custody of the kids! Yeah, I heard that last week. The best thing was union events. Oh, man. Union events were when waiters and bartenders became the customers. Now, you would think, right, common sense. They're going to hook up these people, right? Let me tell you, when they got drunk holy shit that was bad man remember one time i was bartending at a domino's event it was a bunch of domino's executives Yeah. first of all domino's pizza shit if you don't believe me go try some and take some pepsi today say i mean was that the worst pizza in the world we've all suffered through domino's at one point in our life right when you were starving though domino's was okay it was the only thing opened domino's was horrible just really bad pizza we're at this domino's event i'm bartending and what a group of assholes and when they said the executives of domino's i want you to think about this everybody got a free ride here it was like here's the ceo here's the corporate managers and here's the local guy working down on 4th street and it was their night to shine I remember one time I said to this one domino manager he goes I want a Bud Light I said sir I'm sorry we're out of Bud Light right now can you do a course Light no asshole I said Bud Light I'm the customer I want this let me tell you I could have taken that shit though and just shoved it down his throat That oh my god all right and I always loved when people took the water bottles out of the service bars. And they would fill it up with vodka to leave. Bartenders that drink during work. Ugh. That's just a bad idea. All right. What do we learn from this? Let's wrap this up because we're at the 20 minute mark. Number one, don't send food back. Bad idea. Understand the play of the wait staff. When politicians are running for office, they'll tell you anything you want to hear. And after they get in, they could be assholes until they're running again. And whether you are Republican or Democrat, politics is kind of a crime in and of itself.
2: The Jail Visit with Attorney Bill Amadeo from McManus & Amadeo. Connect with McManus & Amadeo at McManusAmadeo.com or call 800-392-7311. This is the jail visit on Shiawassee Radio.
1: Josh Strickland, I owe you a phone call. I think I owe the whole world a phone call, right, live audience? I mean, Jesus. It has been been a crazy week, man. My God. It's like trial, 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 motion, motion, motion. Thank you for those YouTube comments. I did see that prosecutor rolled her eyes at me. That was interesting. Um, well, you know, when somebody's more intelligent than the other party, I guess rolling the eyes is a natural reaction. But hey, I digress. Let's talk about prom season, Atlantic City High. Yeah, those were the days, huh? Bad days, weren't they? The live audience is shaking their head already. We got this, man. I want to talk about the prom. (laughs) I mean, the prom was an event in Atlantic City High for assholes to feel important. And then you start realizing that many of the people that were prepping for the prom, this was going to be the highlight of their life. And to those people, I am so sorry things turned out the way they did. Let's talk about it. I didn't want to go to prom. I really didn't um living in the ghetto and yes I've heard people on social media make some comments lately Gary Cloud what's going on man I heard people on social media today or a couple days ago say how he didn't really live in the ghetto let's stop Ducktown, Atlantic City adjacent to the Pitney Village it was the ghetto we were the last white family please stop Come on, are you kidding me? I mean, my God, you don't think that was the hood? When those Vettner and Morgate kids were smoking weed and coming to the hood to get drugs, they didn't know what it was like actually living there. How many of those people have been shot at, stabbed, beaten, and or almost raped? I'll raise my hand, am I the only one? Yeah, I think I am from the people talking. But there are such things as keyboard warriors. And since most of them wouldn't have the guts to sign a consent form and swing with me today, we have to do these lives, right? I mean, it's great therapy for me. I mean, how pissed off are some of these people that I'm more successful than them? It's gotta suck. I mean, were all those IQ tests wrong, guys? My god. Let's talk about the (laughs) problem. What a fiasco. Aunt Mare and mom wanted me to go to the prom. Now, let's paint the picture. We are in Ducktown. Aunt Mare dropped out of high school to take care of the family. Mom got pregnant at a very young age. None but nobody in my inner circle of the family went to the prom. This was a big deal. Bees going to the prom. Now, after four years of bullshit, living in the ghetto, now I'm on mock trial. By senior year, I'm kind of coming into my own. I could fight a little bit. I'm driving my 83 Camaro. We're still in the hood and poor, but guess what? I'm kicking ass at mock trial. I'm going to go to college. We don't have a pot to piss in, but we see light at the end of the tunnel. And one of the things to advance this light was for Bill Amadeo to go to the prom. And the prom was interesting because my idea of the prom and my family's idea of the prom may have been slightly different. Let's talk about that. So first of all, going to the prom was not a cheap endeavor. Um, things were different back then. So I was working jobs to buy baseball cards. And the baseball cards were like stocks to invest and... Give my aunt and mom the down payment for the first house, right? Aunt Mare says, we want you to go to the prom. Now, she didn't explain how we were going to finance this endeavor. The tux, the limo, all that happy horse shit. So, I take some of my investment cards and sell them at a baseball card show with Scott Zlober. May he rest in peace. That was my boy. And I put around X amount of dollars together for the prom. So, Aunt mayor and Mom are so excited. Don't be going to the prom now. The question becomes, who will be the date? And let me tell you, high school man, I wasn't getting women in high school. I mean, it took college for me to start turning heads of women and missing dysfunctional signs. <laughs> Wait for it. I had an idea who I wanted to go to the prom with. Now, I think Aunt Mary and Mom wanted the whole brochure thing, right? He's going to go with a pretty little girl from the suburbs and this and that. But they forgot we were in the hood. We are in Ducktown. And, you know, I pause on this. Because I'm not going to mention who my prom date was. But I know she may be watching. And if she gets offended by this, eh, eh. What are you gonna do? I've heard stories this week from friends. And you know, you have different groupings now, right? When you go from the ghetto to Ann Arbor and you go from bar bar porter to attorney, um well you have conversation with different people. And uh it's a cool story, Mike P i was talking to some lawyers this week and they were telling me how different girls and guys would climb up in the windows and they would hook up in high school let me tell you on 109 north willow avenue there was nobody climbing out a window in fact if we were climbing out a window it was to escape an armed robbery so i didn't have that experience there was no in crowd thing but i had a vision of what i thought was attractive type of girl i liked and um you know, other than Kara, God bless her, there's been a lot of dysfunctional situations. But the first girl I really liked, not to mention names, cause we won't do that, but I knew who I wanted to take to the prom. And she was a very pretty Latina girl who had dropped out of high school junior year. We would talk on the phone sometimes and I said to her, hey, I want to go to the prom with you. She was pretty pumped up. And Miss Gandia was not having that shit. Miss Gandia didn't like this girl. Miss Gandia, who was like a third mother to me, she was like, look. I don't want you going with her. I think this girl's trouble. I don't know why she thought that. I mean, yes, the girl was living with a gangbanger who was 27 years old. But we, we missed signs, right? Man, okay. I could hear Miss Gandia's voice down. I'm a day-o! I am a do not want you taking that girl to prom! She'll be going to prom! All right, look, I want to tell you her. I mean, I was really into her. And the girl said yes initially. Well, the girl eventually calls me up and is like, Look, if um if I go to prom with you, my live-in boyfriend, who's a 27-year-old head of gangs, is probably going to murder you. So we're not going to go. It made sense. All right. And, you know... At this time in life, there was a group of girls I liked, but they were all into the literature boys. In AC High, you had your literature boys that became, like, English teachers. You had the jocks that became, like, casino workers. You had the podheads that became members of the rehab facility. Um, The mock trial team, we had our thing. But it was, like, really... You had your clicks right? I remember I'm writing this story for this literature magazine, literary magazine they had or whatever. And um, the main one, he's an English teacher today, he wrote a story about his first sexual experience. Now I always, considering what this guy looked like, I considered that was, he must have been doing it with himself, but I digress. And then somebody else wrote about their first experience with marijuana. And i wrote about growing up in the ghetto and i wrote about how i was in children's hospital and these three kids were dying in the room with me and one of the people that was in charge of literary magazine said you can't use oppression and depression to write that's scary but the girls i were into were into these writers and i was way too deep for these people i mean they couldn't hold a candle on me intellectually as we learned later in time but these girls <laughs> you know, I, of course you like some of them. They were morigate girls. They were veterinarian girls. But they just weren't into you or so I thought. Then one day, one of the literature girls. She comes up to me. Privately. And she goes, look. I want to go to prom with you. Now let me explain about this girl. This girl. This was social status I want steroids, all right? If me and her went to the prom together, it would have sent shockwaves. Because, let's be clear, she's the it girl, and I'm a nobody. I'm a poor white kid from the hood. She's a rich Jewish girl from the suburbs. But she wants to go. And I'm down. And then her friends tell her she can't go with me now you start getting bitter with these clicks right so the first girl i want the latina chick she is involved with the 27 year old gangbangers high school drop-in margate girl her friends won't allow us to the clicks both really wanted to go at one point or another and i've got a guy to hell with this i'm not going to go to the prom then there was the filipino girl who ended up being my girlfriend, one of my first girlfriends, the summer after her senior year of high school. And I said to her, hey, do you want to go to prom? And her family wouldn't let her go to the prom because she had curfew. That's a story for another time. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going to the prom. But my aunt, always the intervener. Mm-hmm. Aunt Mare was always talking to this girl that worked at ShopRite. And this girl was one of the few white girls from Atlantic City. So we're kindred, right? And Aunt Mare's always talking to her and she likes her. She tells me how pretty she is. Now, mind you, this girl is somewhat psychotic. Aunt Mare missed that. And Aunt Mare, and I love you so much. I know you're watching over me. But Aunt Mare was crazy, right? (laughs) I mean, crazy Italian woman. Aunt Mare wants me going with this girl. And I'm like, huh. Now, the girl's two years younger. And I don't know. I mean, she's cool. I don't know much about her. I know I'm not really her cup of tea. I mean, when you talk about white kids in Atlantic City from the '90s, let me tell you, I was the slow-paced one, people. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't smoking pot. I wasn't having sex. Obviously, I am. I go to school. I go to practice. I go to mock trial. I come home. And Mike, you can't go rolling the shop, right, girl, right? So I asked her to the prompt. and she accepts and we're, um, we're getting ready for the big day. More pumped up about this and, uh, one of these assholes who I played baseball with, who's here younger than me, and he found out I was going with her and he, he put his two cents in. And this guy used to always make this stupid joke, Hey, poison, poison, cause I'm Italian. I mean, dude, listen, you look like shit today. Um, and you know, I checked your financials, your career, and I could say your physical appearance is equally as successful as your professional appear- um, career. And I think the girl you tried to cock-lock me from has ended up in prison, so maybe you two deserved each other, I don't know. You know, under people you may know, lately, lately, I've been seeing so many people from high school. And it brought back these prom memories. And it shouldn't be people you may know, it should be labeled people you knew in high school that need a gym membership and or a facelift. Now that would be interesting, Facebook. My God! Guys, we're in our mid-40s. My haters, you look like shit. And you got me thinking about the prom. I hope you enjoyed the prom in 1994. Because it looks like your life has been total shit since then. Holy shit! My God! Dude! Eat a salad! Go on the treadmill! Stop using the heroin! I don't know, but... Holy shit, my god! And they never thought I'd be successful. Ha! They forgot about criminal law. <laughs> Finally, hardworking intellectual dysfunctional could make a lot of money in that field. Anyway. <laughs> so, I digress. Um, we get going to the prom. And I'm all pumped up. And, uh... So, the prom date, she left early after I paid for her date with somebody. But I got to see her later at an event, the after party. And let me tell you, Atlantic City High after prom parties, this would be the equivalent of a police officer trying to make their quota for the month. You had these people that couldn't fight that thought they were tough because they were using drugs. You see relationships ending in front of your eyes you're confused what's going on um a lot of underage drinking she's sitting there smoking weed and she with this guy she wants to be with and i'm thinking you know i really got played out here man i totally got played out i paid for the tux i bought her the corsage i got her the limo i got her a nice dinner and she left with some pot dealer go figure it was a pretty interesting night and I remember being depressed I'm like 17 years old I go home I tell Aunt Mary what happened the shop right girl she left with somebody else she was at a party and I was kind of the odd one out and Aunt Mary goes well what do you do yeah so I went home and I studied really I had a knack for that little thing just practiced on my mock trial book anyway what i saw from the prom is it's amazing because on the atlantic city high reunion page which i have joined just for total shits and giggles at times people talk about the prom this one girl posted what was our prom theme song i can't think about it and like these 10 people like all chime in and i said you know me and my friends been told about this all week. We can't remember what that song is. You're like, right? You don't remember either. Oh my god. I can't stand it when people are too dumb to realize you're making fun of them. That pisses me off, right? Jesus. God. I will say this to my haters in high school. I mean, holy shit. <laughs> what a run. I cannot believe the people I liked in high school when I see what they've done with their lives today. I am shocked. I mean, you know, you ever go from that situation where you like can't stand someone to like feeling empathy for them? That's where we're at, man. Jesus. So, to those in May of 1994 that got drunk and got high and got laid at the prom, happy for you. Hope it worked out, man. Um, for the ones that want to talk shit about me, well, I will keep that profile public just to piss you off. By the way, got another dismissal today of a 25-year felony. What did you do? I'm Bill Amadeo.
2: The Jail Visit with Attorney Bill Amadeo from McManus and Amadeo. Connect with McManus and Amadeo at McManusAmadeo.com or call 800 392 this is The Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio.
1: Tonight, I just need the vent. You know, it's so weird. I see so many prosecutors that prosecute kids without evidence. They want to throw people in prison for life and put them on the sex registry and don't give a shit about polygraphs. And we don't care if some douchebag files for millions of dollars with a companion criminal case we don't give a sh** about that in our quest to do what you think is right and if we got to cut corners so be it and I'm so amazed right now we all know <laughs> we know where I stand the Bobby Ray issue and Bobby's tragic anniversary is coming up and I gotta wonder I got a question for so many people in Washington County, and I've said this, I've said this so many times. I cannot carry a child. So because I cannot carry a child, I do not have the right to decide what a woman's choice is. Pro-life, pro-choice. It's not my call because I'm a man. I can't make that decision, but I sure as hell can say this. If we want to protect a woman's right to choose when she's pregnant, how the hell can we not protect her right to choose when her child is fighting for his life? I watched U of M spend ungodly sums of money, and I was the only lawyer that stuck by, by the way, on Bobby's case. Other people got paid and ran away like cowards. I watched them fight like hell to kill this child. I will say Sarah Jones was the most courageous people I know. She fought like hell. And I watched these doctors in this ivory tower tell her how she was being unreasonable. Because she wanted her child to have a chance to live. How screwed up is that? We'll never get over to Bobby Reyes tragedy. We'll never get past that. But in such a pro-choice county, where the prosecutor says we won't prosecute for abortion, that's fine. How the hell are we gonna try to stack the deck against a child that's alive? Help me on that. I don't care if you're pro-life or pro-choice in this issue. What I'm saying is this, and it rings more true today than it did in 2019. That kid had a chance to live and the powers that be fought like hell to pull him off to protect the medical community. And that is beyond frustrating. It's beyond screwed up. I watched these lawyers, and I dealt with probably 14 on Bobby's case, Tried to stack the deck to kill a kid. One of them brags on his website how he won the case, <laughs> you know why. You didn't win, dude. We fought like hell for two weeks. Arizona was going to take the kid. I've been down this road before. But every time we come close to the state, it becomes more frustrating. And as I'm in the middle of over 300 criminal cases right now, and my energy is low, and it's Friday night and I'm still working, I'm pissed off, when I see prosecutors that are fighting like hell with no evidence to convict innocent kids, I now see a prosecutor in Peter Lucido, and Lucido, if you're watching this, film me, bro. Ty Hale got shot, unarmed, and in 72 hours, an investigation was completed that found the person that killed this 18-year-old child, we're not gonna press charges. Now, with the media involved, the prosecutor's office wants to talk. So let me be clear, I'm going to rearrange my schedule to go to this meeting, but if the Macomb County Prosecutor's Office wants to give Tina and her family lip service, that there's nothing we can do, then don't waste our goddamn time. Investigate this tragedy. Talk to the witnesses. Look at the ring cam. Unarmed kid unarmed 18 year old kid is dead and we can't bring charges on that but we'll sure as hell bring charges on bullshit CSC allegations across the state with no evidence when there's civil litigation that's companioning it. We'll sure as hell have the attorney general bring cases against black women that were beaten by police officers and say they're the defendant but we're not going to bring charges against the guy who killed a child with no weapon what the hell is that i'm gonna be real clear mr Lucido, and any of your people that are listening do the right thing by this family get off your ass and do a goddamn investigation and if i'm putting a target on myself guess what i've had u of m go against me i've had white kid that grew up in the ghetto of Atlantic City I'm not really friggin scared of anything I'm pissed off when I don't see justice happening Bobby Ray should have had a right to live and the Hale family has a right to properly grieve Ty's death and I'm so sick of this bureaucratic bullshit this is not about money both cases I've mentioned I'm not getting paid a dime we need to step up in this legal community and do the right God thing right now. How are you able to make a decision that quickly that ties killer should get a free pass. I got an option for you. Let's have the quasi defendant do a state polygraph test. Let's see if he really feared for his life. Were there fingerprints? Of a glass bottle with Ty Hale's fingers on it? Where's this evidence that this man was fighting for his life? Because what are we doing? Are we taking the word? Are we taking the word of a liquor store that was selling to an underage kid? Are we taking the word of somebody trying to cover their ass? What are we doing, guys? It doesn't matter if we're a prosecutor or a defendant. It doesn't matter if we're a plaintiff. Or defense counsel we have an obligation to uphold the god law when we don't give one child a chance to live but we profess to be so pro-choice what choice did sarah jones have help me with that what choice does ty hale's family have but other than to suffer this kid's death he's got two children they're not going to know their father They lost a brother, they lost a son, they lost a father. And we made a decision based upon testimonial evidence that there was no wrongdoing. Bullshit. This is not about following the money. It's about following the black letter of the law. The Constitution is our Bible. And if we don't follow our Bible, this is what we do. This is what we dedicate our lives to this is not about the Google hits and the money and the nice homes, and the fancy cars. And I'm grateful for everything this profession has given me. But there's something more important than that where we need justice. We need it now. I hope there is peace in Macomb County. And I hope this does not spiral into something disgusting. You guys gotta do the right thing you need to investigate this god tragedy you need to look at the facts who was armed who wasn't armed what's on the tape and then come to a proper decision drinking and driving cases take more than three days to investigate how the hell is an open murder case dismissed like that i hope Politics is not involved. But you have to understand where these people stand right now.
0: I'm just disgusted.
1: Alright, I'm Bill Amadeo. This went from comedy to anger.